Our theme today is joy, and the title of my message is The Miracle of Joy, and I want to talk a bit about that. But first, let me just help out. I know we've got some, some new husbands here today who are married this year, and I want to just help you with buying your wife's present, all right, just, just, from, just from experience, all right. And I want to encourage some girls just, just really to spell it out, okay, because I had this experience once. I, I asked Danielle what she wanted for Christmas. She said, I want nothing, nothing would make me happier than a diamond necklace. So I bought her nothing. Because she said, nothing would make her happier. So uh, just girls, don't be cryptic. Just spell it out. Give us, the, give us the website link. Just spell it out. We'll buy it. You'll be happy and everyone will be good. Am I, am I right today? As, am I setting anyone free today, Melbourne? Helping anyone? Jai, that's going to help you, I'm sure. Absolutely. Also, just a couple of little, I love dad jokes, so I found a couple of good Christmas ones just to, just to entertain you. Are you not entertained? Okay, here we go. How did Mary and Joseph know Jesus' weight when he was born? They actually measured him. It's recorded. They had a way in the manger. A way in a... Okay, okay, all right, there we go. So good. It's the grown me that tells you how good this is. All right, let's go for the next one. Uh, why, did one why did no one bid for Rudolph and Blitzen on eBay? Because they were too dear. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know, we're getting, we're getting worse. The groans are getting greater. All right, last one. Okay, why is everyone so thirsty at the North Pole? It's got a little bit to do with the Christmas carol. No well. No well. Okay, all right, there we go. You can try those at home. Dad jokes on Christmas Day. If you want to write them down, I know, I know. All right, the miracle of joy. We're talking today about the miracle of joy. And there's a line in the song, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him him room. Your heart was made for God to dwell in your heart. You were created to be in relationship with God. And so the, the idea that joy, this is how it comes, joy comes when God comes to dwell in our heart. Now, our 19-year-old daughter, Gemma, hello, Gemma, is in Melbourne, second last week, I believe, uh, in Melbourne. She went down there for one year, and she's coming back to the Sunshine Coast, which is awesome noise, joy, uh, awesome noise, awesome news, joy to the pierces. All right, and so what's happened over the last year, because I have a, a, a home study, I have an office at home, and so in the la this last year, two of my sons have got married. So one of them, uh, with his beautiful wife, Lydia, are, are renting out the bottom level of our, of our house, okay, and separate entrance and the whole vibe. And so that was my study, so I gave up my study, but then Gemma, was le Gemma left, so her room is beautifully appointed, air-conditioned, little back view over the back, uh, the back uh, area, and so I made that my study, and it's magnificent because now there's basically two bedrooms. There's our bedroom and that bedroom. So I've got the study. And I, I have to say I'm delighted that Gemma's coming home. Really, I am, sweetheart. But then there's another storage room slash office that's about this wide that is about to become my office because we are preparing her room. And I told her the other day, this is what sacrifice looks like. Where Something that you love, you give up for something you love all the more. So I love you, sweetheart. We're preparing a room for you 
to come home. And this is the idea, and you've heard the, the song uh, that we sing at Christmas. One of the words we say, it's describing Jesus as Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And it means God with us. And this is what Christmas is all about. It's about God becoming a, a, a man, a baby boy, Jesus born in a manger, that he would come and he would live on earth with us, but eventually that he would live in us. He would make we would make room for him in our hearts. That's what brings a magnificent joy, an unspeakable joy, a joy that's indescribable, a joy that makes no logical sense. And the difference between uh, happiness and joy, you might not understand. Happiness, happiness comes from what's happening. Happiness comes from our circumstances. So if you're, if you're wanting to, you know, you to be happy all the time, it ain't going to happen. Because life goes through a roller coaster of challenges and problems and, and dilemmas and, and, and happy moments. But ultimately, happiness rides up and down. But joy, joy is something that comes from within. Joy is something that, come from a, that comes from a source on the inside of us. And His name is Jesus. And so this morning, I want to help us understand Melbourne. I want to help us understand online family, Sunshine Coast. Why did Jesus come? What was the reason that Jesus came? And I'm going to talk about three things. I'll just I'll spell them out right from the outset. Because one, he came because there's a problem. Two, he came to provide a solution. And three, he came to provide a miracle for every human being. He, he came because there's a problem. There's a problem. Uh, a number of years ago, as a good husband, and if you've been around our church, you may have heard this story either from me or Danielle. She embellishes it, but I tell the truth. All right. And so the, the story goes, a little, I love my wife. We just have a little bit of banter fun and I have the microphone at the moment. So that's how, that, that's kind of how it works. All right. So as a good husband, one of my chores is to take the wheelie bins out to the road. All right. So now already some of you know what I'm about to talk about, but... Okay, I take the wheelie bin out to the road. And I would say 51 out of 52 times, most years I would get that pretty right. I'd get it out on the road. However, one particular year, many, many years ago, uh, I missed the moment. I didn't get the wheelie bin on the road. I'm not quite sure whether it was me or whether they changed dates and didn't notify us. I can't quite remember. Okay, it was me. And so, missed the thing. The wheelie bin starting to smell. I'm like, flip, I've got, to, I've got to deal with this issue. Again, great man about the house. I'm going to deal with the issue. Such good intentions. Remember, intentions are everything, right? So then I take the wheelie bin and I think, all right, the, the tip, the, the, the rubbish dump, it's only a few kilometers down the road. I will take the wheelie bin, put it in the car, and in the back of her car, <laughs> Santa Fe had lots of room, extra boot space. Put it in the back of the car. I, I feel like I taped it up. I can't. I think I did. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's how my recollection goes. And I drove to the tip, uh, and and I dropped off the wheelie bin. The problem between our house and their house is we went downhill a little bit, and the wheelie bin had some fermented juices from from wrong this stuff as wheelie bins do in the back and it poured out as we went down the hill leaked through the lid of the wheelie bin and formed a little little spot on the back of her car boot all right in, not her boot in the actual station wagon kind of suv not not a pretty smell not a pretty moment now i'd, I'd been there before because Danielle's a midwife, and she'd given birth to somebody in the back seat of our car once. 
Literally, she delivered a baby in the back seat of our car. And you want to know what a horrible cleanup job is? That's it right there, guys. All right. I gave it one shot. lasted three days. The sun hit the car. I'm like straight to a professional and let's get this done. All right, so I'm thinking, I've been here before. We've done this before. How hard can this be? All right, we're going we're gonna to get this thing cleaned up. And we're scrubbing. And so I'm washing and scrubbing. I'm using carpet cleanser. I'm using, you know what, we get it professionally done. And that smell gets worse. It gets worse and worse. The sun parks on it. We tried everything. Masking odors, the little apple trees in the front of the car, you name it, deodorizer. You you know, I I would have used hydrochloric acid if I thought it was a possibility, but probably not wise. So, and pretty much, I, I kind of felt like maybe it would go away over a period of time, but every time I'd hop in that car, I was reminded of my problem from a number of issues from a number of weeks and months ago and of course we eventually got rid of that car we didn't sell it to a church member just to just to be clear in fact it was we didn't sell it to a friend we took it back to the dealer that was the only way to get rid of that car because it had a problem it had a stain it had a mark that could not be removed and we had no way of removing it ourselves I want you to understand today that Jesus came because of a problem that humankind has. Every one of us have this problem, and this problem is called sin. This problem of sin is a, it's this thing on the inside of us that rebels against the way God's created us to live. And it has ever since Adam and Eve were alive. And and this problem of sin, it, it just, it wells up on the inside. Jesus described it like this. He said in Mark chapter 7, he added, it's what comes from inside that defiles you. Many people think religion's all about changing external behavior. But external behavior is not what defiles us. There's this thing on the inside of us, this stain called sin, and it separates us from God. It, it changes us. It turns us. Sin, uh, this, it's like alive. It's something that you can't tame. It's something that you can't mask. It's something that you can't get rid of in your own capacity. It's like that smell in the back of the car. It's just there, and with time, it gets worse. Sin promises the world. Sin promises fun. It promises a good time. It promises that this will get you out of trouble and so we lie and we cheat and we, 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 we tell lies to cover up our, our lies and we, we do things we're not ashamed of but we justify them and we blame our past and we blame other people but so often or sometimes we blame ourselves but we don't know how to deal with this thing. See, sin seduces us. It draws us in, and a, a, a guy I know, a pastor I've met, tell, tells me this. He says, oh, p- people think that the, the church thinks that sin's not fun. And he goes, if, you're, if you think sin's not fun, you're doing it wrong. Because sin is fun for a moment until it's not, until it traps you. And that's what sin does. It traps you. It catches us in a lifestyle. It catches us in a pattern of behavior. It catches us in a pattern of speaking. And suddenly this this thing that we thought was going to be fun and freedom and living without morals or boundaries, suddenly we're entrapped. James says it like this, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. 
These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. The Bible is very clear that, that this thing that starts out as fun, living wild, living separate, living independent from God, eventually creates death on multiple levels. Death in relationships. Death in our emotions. Death in, in our heart. Death, death in, in our future. We're separated from God. And, and so often we're like, well, we need to, how do we deal with this thing? And we try all sorts of things to deal with this problem on the inside. The only way to deal with sin is first to understand what it is. First to diagnose it properly. Now, recently in Melbourne, Danielle tells me she told you this story last week about the, the possum in our house. For last, the last four or five weeks, we've, we've had, we live in a couple of levels house, and, and we've had between our walls and our floor a possum having a party every night. Like it's running around like crazy. It's 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 scurrying. It's it's doing cartwheels. It's it's doing little. It just and it's like and of course now we've got a little dog. Not only is the possum driving us crazy, the possum's drive is triggering the dog like crazy. So our dog is running around there, and so literally you'll hear it go. It'll be like running across the roof and then running down a wall and then running and you're like this is crazy and our dogs barking at the walls running around everywhere the flipping possum is so I'm a busy guy and of late I've sort of determined I'm not going to try and do all the home projects myself so I said let's outsource this one in a weaker moment I rang somebody up and they came out and it looked like their first ever possum catching moment and they pulled out a trap that obviously was brand new from Bunnings I'm starting to get a little bit sus on them, but I'm still I'm thinking, oh, whatever. And in a weaker moment, I prepaid them the money to catch the possum. Okay, I was desperate, all right. Don't judge me. It was just like, oh. And so the guy comes and puts the trap out, puts an apple in the trap, and goes. And I'm not going to tell you how much I gave him because it's embarrassing. But anyway, he goes. And I'm starting to think I've just entered into shocker of the year moment right now. This guy's walking off going, how good is this possum dropping off caper? <laughs> anyway, so, so we, we go for a while and we go out, we check, and the apple's gone. So Danielle gets on the, in the thing, you know, because it's got this little thing where it, you, where it stands on it and the back closes on it and you've caught the possum and then they will humanely drop it off to Habitat for Possums or something. I'm not sure. That, that, that's what's going to happen, pretty sure, right? Not, what, not how Sid treats his possums in Melbourne. I've heard about you, Sid. But anyway, let's keep moving. So, so we go along. We put bread. We put peanut butter. She starts doing possum research. We're like, and every night, everything we put on the, the possum trap has gone. I'm like, this is a sneaky little possum. It, it is... It's very nimble. It's very, it's, you know, whatever. It's smart. It's not stepping on the thing. It must, maybe it's a little light. Maybe it's a little underweight. Maybe it's just crawling along the roof and grabbing it, but it's a clever little possum. I ring up my possum friend and he comes out and drops off another apple. I'm like, good job, buddy. Really earning your money. Anyway, Danielle sets up the GoPro with a torch because we're going to, we're going to, we're going to beat this little freaking possum. All right. And she's engaged. And now there's a war on possums in the Pierce house. Now, we love possums. If you love possums, it's awesome. Humanely, we would anyway. Only to realize we get the footage. It's a freaking rat. 
It's not a possum. It's a rat. It's a massive rat. And the reason it's not setting off the trap, Dan Freker, is it's just not heavy enough. Comes in, grabs it, goes out. So now we have to change the whole tactic of catching it. And I won't go into that. That's for another day, another sermon. Maybe next Sunday night I can, I can tell you the story of the capture of the rat. But here's the issue. If you misdiagnose the problem, you will come up with the wrong solution. And so many of our world think that the problem in our world is not this thing called sin on the inside of us, causing us to mistreat others, causing us to cheat, to lie, to, to be proud, to be, we, we misconstrue it. And so we come up and then we come up, once you've misdiagnosed it, you're thinking, well, the answer to the problem, maybe it's science. Maybe it's medicine. Maybe the answer to fix the problems of the world is psychology. Maybe it's more money in the right places. Maybe it's, maybe it's just getting more wealth. Maybe the way we fix the world's problems or my problem is through achievements. Maybe the way I, I fix it is through getting fitter exercising more. Maybe that's the way I fix my problems. And, but here's the thing. If we misdiagnose the problem, then we won't come up with the solution. This is why God sent Jesus. Because He knew that the core problem of the human heart is this thing called sin, and only Jesus could deal with it. I remember the first time as a little kid, I became aware of my sin and I became aware and I was in a, I think a Sunday school program or something like that and they were talking about what how sin turns God separates us from God and how it ends up hurting us and it ends up hurting the people around about us I remember that they specifically were talking about lying and I remember this feeling of not guilt because guilt just makes you feel bad but I would call it conviction because conviction comes and it points out the problem, but there's, there's hope that something could change. And so I got this conviction on me that my lying was displeasing God, was dishonoring Him, was, was hurting my parents, hurting people around me. I, I, wouldn't, I wasn't a chronic liar. I just became suddenly that, uh, aware that I was covering my tracks and trying to weasel my way through life by lying. And I remember the feeling of saying sorry to God as that feeling came. And what happened as that weight of sin was lifted off me? How was it lifted off me? I want you to know. Well, that's where we get to the solution. If the problem's sin, then the solution's Jesus. This is the story of Christmas, is that the Son of God Himself became a baby. He became a little baby, born in a manger. And I'm aware today for some members of our Sunny Coast Church, this is the birthday today of your triplets, the Cullen family. Happy birthday to all the triplets. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, we love you and salute you. Come on, three babies born in one day when you already had three kids and you went for number four and you got six. Talk about surprise packages for Christmas. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. And so Jesus when he, was, when he grew up, he grew up as God in a human body. And he, and he did a number of things. He taught us the way we were really designed to live. He, he showed us 
how you could live free from this thing called sin. He demonstrated God's incredible love for you and I. He, he just showed God's love because they just thought God was angry and he was, God was all about rules. But I want you to know today, God's, He's not angry at you. And it's not all about rules. He loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate love gift of all history, sent to this earth. And this is what the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus did miracle after miracle, demonstrating God's love. And he still doing miracle after miracle. He's still healing people. He's still setting people free. He's still changing hearts. He's still changing lives. But he came to show us what God was love. Here's the, here's the solution. The solution was, and this is the reason Jesus ultimately came, he came to live the perfect life. And he ultimately came to die on a cross so that he could be punished for my sin. And he could be punished for your sin. He could bear in his body on the cross the sin of all of the world. Whether we're sorry or not, he paid the price for it. And the great solution to your sin and my sin is, is not trying harder. It's not, it's not just even coming to church a lot. The great solution to the problem of sin is this beautiful, precious thing called the blood of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. This is what the Bible says. Jesus shed His blood so that whoever would believe in Him would have eternal life. His blood screams out over your life and my life, not guilty. You're not guilty. That's the solution. The problem, sin, the, the, the answer is Jesus and His blood shed for you and I. The miracle is this. There's, there's something else. Just a little bit like the three wise men who came to Mary and Joseph when they had a baby. And one said, uh, you've got gold, you've got frankincense, but wait, there's myrrh. Okay, all right, sorry. Just stay with me. Thank you. There's myrrh. There's more. So bad yet so good. So good. I'm on fire. I'm just helping you today. The problem... The solution, the miracle, the miracle of joy. The miracle. Hark the herald angels, the song we sing. Glory to the newborn King, Jesus. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Here's the miracle. Now, I love this, a, a, a global renowned evangelist by the name of Reinhard Bonnke who preached in Africa and saw millions of people gather in one time and, and millions over his lifetime received the forgiveness of their sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he was being interviewed by, by a, um, a media personality who was an atheist. And he said, Reinhard, I'm an atheist and you believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is the answer to the world's core problem. And he said, I absolutely do. And he said, well, I don't believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is the answer. He said, why not? He said, because 2,000 years ago, when Jesus shed his blood for this world, he said, the world hasn't got better since that moment. 2,000 years ago, there's more pain, there's more horror, there's more toxicity. There's, there's more, more and more has gone on. So I don't believe that the blood of Jesus Christ has changed the world or it has the power to change the world. 
And I love the evangelist's answer. He said, do you have soap? He goes, yep. He goes, well, here's the thing. Soap was invented and is available all around the world. But is everybody clean? He said, no. He said, is it possible that you could even work in a soap factory and not get clean? He goes, I guess it's possible. He said, so the, the, the problem is not that the soap is available. The problem is where the soap is applied. And since 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, the, the soap, the blood of Jesus that breaks the power of sin's control over your life and my life, millions, in fact, billions of people have applied the blood of Christ to their life and they've been set free. Millions upon millions, their lives have been transformed. But this is the thing. You got to apply it. You got you to take it and say, Jesus, I believe you're the perfect son of God and I'm receiving the forgiveness to break sin's control over my life and I'm inviting you and here's the miracle of joy. Let every heart prepare him room. I'm inviting you to come into my heart because the only way God can come into your heart, Melbourneites, onliners, the only way that Jesus can come into our heart if it's made clean if it's washed clean. And when our heart, when we put our faith in Jesus, our heart is washed clean and in a, in a moment, not because we go to the soap factory or church, but because we believe and ask forgiveness, in a moment, He comes and He lives in our heart. And when Jesus comes, he's, he, he like comes with, with so much for you and I. He comes with an unbelievable love. An unbelievable love that like no other kind of love, a love that fills you, changes you. He comes with peace, peace on earth, mercy mild. He comes, some of, some of us before we met Christ, before God came into our life, just could not get our mind to slow down and settle down, could not find peace in our heart. Why is that? Because only Jesus can deal with the issue of the guilt that we carry and then the peace of God will come and fill our hearts. This is what the Bible says today. Revelation 3 verse 20 as the keyboardist comes up. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Behold, I'm standing at the door, knocking, let every heart prepare him room. He's knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice, this is Jesus, and you open the door within, I will come into you and will feast with you and you will feast with me. Feasting with Jesus talks about a rich relationship. You feast with your friends. You party at Christmas time with your friends and family. And Jesus wants to have a, a fellowship, a friendship with every person in this room, every person in Melbourne, every person watching online. He wants to have this beautiful relationship where we feast with Him. And the joy that comes, the instantaneous joy that comes, not because in a moment everything gets good, not because in a moment our circumstances change, but because now instead of a happiness coming from what's happening, joy comes from who lives in us. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. 
Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. Let every heart receive the blood of Jesus Christ and only the blood that cleanses us from our sin deals with the core problem of our life and helps us to step into the miracle of life with Jesus. Can we close our eyes right now? Melbourne, stay with me for a moment. Close our eyes. Father, I pray for every person who's been listening today, wherever they are, here on the sunny coast, there in Melbourne, online. I know the beautiful, beautiful salvation that you bring if we receive you today. And I'm asking that you, Holy Spirit, would work on hearts right now. So we come to a powerful, powerful moment in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Melbourne, I'm going to hand you back to Pastor Dan Frecker. God bless you. Have a great rest of the morning. For those of you who are staying with us online and everyone in this room, the soap's available. Jesus' blood's available to cleanse you, to cleanse me. But it's no good sitting on the shelf. It's no good being somewhere distant. We have to receive Jesus to be cleansed. And in a moment, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us. I know there are people in this room today and you want to receive the forgiveness that comes through Jesus. You want Jesus. You want to make room in your heart for Him. You heard about Jason's story earlier and the transformation that's happened in his life. It's beautiful. You might have grown up in a church environment and walked away from God. You might never have been in church. You never heard the, the gospel, the good news. Maybe you're just aware something's missing in your life. I'd, in a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And that prayer is just asking God for forgiveness. It's so simple. Putting our faith in Jesus and what He did at that cross and asking Him to come and live in our heart. So simple. So what I'm going to get us to do in a moment, I'll just, I'll just make it real clear. I'm going to get us to close our eyes right across the room. Then I'm going to ask if you want to pray a prayer, receiving God into your life, receiving Jesus into your heart. In a moment, I'm going to ask you, to, when I say it, just to raise your hand in your seat. I'll say, I see your hand. You can put it down. And then all together, everyone together, I'm going to lead us in a prayer of inviting Christ into your heart. A prayer that will change everything if you pray it and believe it. So can we close our eyes right now? As you're sitting here this morning and as you're watching online, you, you, you may know, you, you have a sense that people around you have got this joy, but you don't have it. Life might be going pretty good for you, but you know that there's something spiritually missing in your life in a moment. If that's you and you want to receive Jesus into your heart, prepare room for Him in a moment. I want you to raise your hand. Maybe things are actually going really bad for you. You might find yourself here today in a crisis. And the consequences of sin, maybe yours or other people's, but it's messed things up in your life so badly. And you're desperate. I want you to know that God loves you and He wants to change things today, but He can only change them if you let Him in. 
So I want you, when I say to raise your hand, to say, I want Jesus in my life today. You might be a person who once walked with God, but you're, you've slipped away, didn't stop believing in Him. But you know in your heart that He's not number one. And you know you need to come back to Him. In a moment, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Or if you're just not sure when you die, if you're going to go to heaven. And you want to be sure. You're like, I hope so, but I'm not peaceful about it. When Jesus comes into your heart, He brings a peace and a confidence that you're going to spend eternity with Him. If you don't have that confidence, I want you to raise your hand as well. So any one of those type of people, I'm going to count to three in a moment. You're saying, I want God to come into my life. Something's missing. I mean, my life's in crisis and I need God to come in and help me. Or I need to come back to God because I'm drifted from Him. Or I need to be sure I'm going to heaven. If this is you today, have courage to raise your hand and pray this prayer because it will be the beginning of a miracle of joy in your life. If that's you, as I count to three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Just put it up real high and say, that's me, that's me. Awesome. Up the back, I see your hand. Over here, sir, I see your hand. Thank you so much. Who else right now? Would you raise your hand as well? Thank you. I see your hand. Thanks, mate. I see your hand. Who else right now? You're saying, that's me as well. There's something missing in my life. Spiritually, I'm not right with God. Today's your day to get right. If you're watching online, this is your moment to connect with God as well. If that's you, you'll feel a, a knocking on your heart. I read that scripture out earlier. Jesus saying, I want to come into your heart. I'm knocking on your heart. Here's the thing about your heart. The, the, the handle to your heart's on the inside. Jesus cannot barge into your life. You have to let Him in. You have to say, you have to own your sin. You have to say, I can't change it myself. I receive the forgiveness that you offer. You have to do that. And if you do that, He will be faithful to change you, to cleanse you, to begin to change you from the inside out. I'm looking across the room and wondering who else wants to join. We're going to pray in just a moment. But if you haven't raised your hand yet and you know you should, would you raise it real high? Say, that's me as well. Would you include me in this prayer? Those of you who put your hand up, you can put your hands down now. Who else is saying, that's me as well today? Would you pray with me? Would you pray? Would you lead me in this prayer? I want to get right with God. Right around the room. Your heart will be pounding. God wants to come and change you. All right, fantastic, fantastic. Let's pray together. Everyone who raised your hand, those of you online, you're saying, yes, I need that. I need what you're talking about today. And the rest of us together, we're going to pray this life-changing prayer. Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin. I'm sorry for all I've done wrong. I received Jesus today and His blood to cleanse me. Come into my heart and change me. I thank you today that you forgive me, that I'm born again and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for all those people. You raised your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Magnificent. Teresa, I am going to hand over to you right now.